And now we have the honor of having Judge Janet Protosewitz on the new 1017 The Truth. How are you, Judge? I'm good, Dr. Harris. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I don't, I'm trying to remember. So were you a judge in Milwaukee County? I was and I am. And okay. so I was in the DA's office while you were with the police department. That's what I thought. And then I, yeah, and then I got on the bench in 2014. Um, and I think you retired a couple of years later, if my memory serves me correctly. Okay, so now I have everybody here thinking I did something. That's why I was in front of you as a judge. So, <laughs> no so one works together on case. <laughs> so everybody's I'd have to go back and look and see because you know by the time it, by the time you get in front of a judge in Milwaukee County nowadays, well, they, they don't seem to. And so one of the things first of all, congratulations for winning the election. Thank you. And my question is locally, what can be done regarding some of the prosecutors who are not I believe amply assigning bail and amply assigning punishment to people who need to be held accountable. I know you mentioned on your website that it's important that for victims and victim rights that if you break the law, you should be held accountable. But can you help me understand what your version of accountability is? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, we can start with the bail situation. And, you know, I've I've long been a believer that the appropriate amount of bail, you know, should be recommended by the district attorney's office. But, you know, the buck really stops with that court commissioner who sets the bail in intake court. Now, in the district attorney's office, when and in you know when bail is set inappropriately, they can bring a motion to the circuit court asking to have that bail reviewed, and you know that should be done if bail isn't set appropriately. I know that there is a um, constitutional amendment on the ballot for this spring, and people have been a little bit surprised because they consider me the more liberal candidate when I talk to them about that constitutional amendment. And I tell people I'm all for that amendment because the problem with the bail statute as it's currently written is that the person setting bail is only supposed to take into account whether or not the person accused of a crime is going to return to court or not. Right. And it certainly can tie the hands of the person who's setting bail. That new bail statute would allow the judge or whoever's setting the bail or the court commissioner to actually, you know, look at a number of other factors, including, you know, community safety and whether or not a person is, you know, a danger to the community. So I think that's a good thing. I think it expands, you know, what a judge or court commissioner can do in keeping the community safe. And it certainly, I think, probably gives more gravitas to the arguments made by the prosecutors when they are requesting bail in cases. And so is that something that is getting bipartisan support? Well, I'm interested. I think it should be getting bipartisan support. I hope it's getting bipartisan support. And, you know, I would tell you, I'd even go a step further than the way that bail amendment, you know, question is on the ballot. I think there are so people, some people that are so dangerous and the case against them is so strong that we should just be able to hold them until the day of their trial, hold them without giving them that opportunity to post bail. So I think, first of all, the bail statute needs to be changed. And then secondly, we have to look at 
some of the people in this community who are just so incredibly dangerous. I don't know what happened today outside the courthouse, but I understand that a young person was shot and killed in broad daylight on 10th and State Street. I don't know any of the facts or circumstances about that. I saw that on the news within the last few minutes. And it's really frightening what's going on in our communities. And so on your website, you you talk about um, some of the issues that you as a as an individual carry. But but I have a concern that. You mentioned things that are that are and, and I know you you're you're, you're admittedly you're a you're, you're liberal, but you you make some comments that I believe go outside of the rule of law by saying how you're going to uh, rule on something. And I, I guess I, I'm asking, is, is this a correct assumption that you're going to rule on something and you have settled it before you've even heard evidence? Is that something that no, a judge should do? No, a judge should not do that. What I've done is I've told people what my personal values are in regard to just really two issues. Well, I mean, in regard to three issues, actually, right. including community safety. But so nothing on your website says person- it's personal. Well, every every time I speak, you will hear me say two things. Number one, this is what my value is. My value is that we should have fair maps, that everybody's vote should count, that we should have a representative democracy. And then I say I would welcome the chance and the opportunity to revisit the maps, Right. Um, because I don't think people are being fairly represented. But I'm very, very, very careful to always say, nonetheless, even though that is my personal value, that we need to really, really think long and hard about what happened with the maps and how it robbed many people of their right to have their vote count. I say, you know, in the end, I don't know how that question is going to be structured when it comes in front of the Supreme Court or if it's going to come in front of the Supreme Court. And in the end, I can't tell you what I will do on any case. I can tell you I'll follow the law and uphold the Constitution, but I'll tell you what my personal value is. And the same on women's reproductive rights. You know, I say this is what my personal value is, um, but, you know, but I'm making nobody any promises about what I will do once an issue comes to the court. And so you would, in fact, follow the rule of law. And if the and if the evidence and the arguments lean towards whatever side you would then follow that? Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, I've told everybody, every decision that I ever make will be rooted in the law and absolutely following the Constitution and upholding the law. Okay. Is there anything or any reason you want to add? Because I'll I'll ask you the same thing that I asked your opponent. Sure. Why should the black community vote for Judge Janet Potosiewicz? Well, let's talk about this. Let's go back to that gerrymandering issue. If you're ever going to get a fair look at the maps and, you know, what our Supreme Court did with that ridiculous least change rule has really taken away people's ability to have their vote counted and really taken away people's ability to have their vote counted in populated areas of our state, i.e., the city of Milwaukee and the city of Madison. And, you know, where are most of the African-American people living? I don't for a second think that that wasn't done for that reason to inhibit that vote. 
I'd also say this. Um, think about the Dropbox case. And that's why I have told people, you know, very, very outspoken when I've told people, number one, I think the maps are rigged and rigged against certain people. And number two, the Dropbox. What, what, what did that Dropbox decision do? You know, that Dropbox decision assisted in taking away the rights of people to have their vote count, of people who, you know, probably have to be at work or caring for family and doing different, you know, responsibilities. So you look at that, you look at our democracy as a whole, and that's, you know, I would say one issue where I would say, you know, the African-American community should come out and um, support me in this race. It is so, so critically important. You know, I mean, I think that we also have to, you know, talk about the extremism that, you know, we see with, you know, Dan Kelly. You know, we're talking about somebody who's, you know, refused to take himself off of cases when he probably should. Somebody who I think our latest commercial, you know, just did an ad where he recused himself from a case. Um, He was given $20,000 from one of the litigants and then he got back on the case. And, you know, is that the kind of person we want on our Supreme Court? I don't think so. I mean, I really feel, and this is where, you know, going around talking to people all across our community, really feel like people want fair, they want independent, they want normal on their Supreme Court. And so, you know, I think if this race is so critically important to every single person in this state who wants an impartial court, who doesn't want an activist court, who wants common sense, who doesn't want extreme partisanship, who wants decisions rooted in law. I don't believe that Dan Kelly will follow the law. I believe he'll follow his own partisan views. But yet some of the things on your site makes it sound as if you won't follow the law because of what your values are. So are you saying that your values will not drive how you vote? I'll tell you that this is what I think. I think everybody in this community, when they're voting for somebody for such an important seat, for such an important seat, they should know what the candidate's values are. Rather than letting a candidate hide, you know, behind kind of a gauzy curtain and say, hey, I'm not going to tell you what my values are. This is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you that logic will dictate the right answer. Okay, so let's take that the second step. We did a forum in Madison in January, and I said what my values are, and then I went a step further and said I will, of course, always uphold the law and follow the Constitution. Um, Dan Kelly said I'm going to follow logic. And in the end, we'll see which way the logic leads. Okay, fine. Look at the Wisconsin Right to Light website. And there Dan Kelly is as their endorsed candidate. And look at that website. That website states, plain and clear, we are endorsing the candidate who has pledged, they use that word, pledged, to uphold, you know, basically our views and our values. So, you know, you can have the person, me, who's going to come right out and no matter who I talk to. But no aren't you doing that calling head, yourself I a liberal? The same thing. Aren't you doing that calling yourself a no, liberal, though? When you say no. you're liberal, you're saying no. that you support the things that are liberal, the things that the that, that Governor Evers supports, the things that Tammy Baldwin sure, and Mark Pocan. Right. So how is that unfair? How is it? Them. And you have many organizations that support you as well. Sure I do. But, you know, here's what I'd say. There are plenty of issues that go 
from the far left to the far right. Community safety, far left to the far right. Independence. But what about Planned Parenthood, who historically has been against blacks and Catholics and Jews and their their, the inception of Planned Parenthood and how it started was racist in itself. But yet they support you. Well, I was born and raised a Catholic, and I'll tell you, that's the first I've heard of that. I have hmm. never heard that Planned Parenthood was racist. Can you tell? I mean, I would be very, very I would suggest you do some homework. I, I would suggest you do some homework on Planned Parenthood and how they started. But 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 I understand that because you're also backed by Wisconsin conservation voters. And, and, and to be fair, you are kind of broadly based across Wisconsin. You've got both a few conservative and a few liberal and organizations that are in the middle supporting you. And so if you win, what do you think the, well, I know you can't tell what cases are going to come before the Supreme court, but do you believe that the gerrymandering issue is a big enough issue to carry you over the top? I don't know. You know, I really think it is all going to be, you know, what's important to the public and what they think. You know, I've been very clear. I think Dan Kelly is a right-wing partisan extremist. I think I'm a common-sense judge who wants to bring change to our court with common-sense values. But how can you bring change to a court? And, like, how how do you bring change to a court when you can't do anything until they bring cases to the court? What, what change could you possibly bring? Well, here's the situation. The court um, can decide whether or not to take a case. I can tell you with 100% certainty, if Dan Kelly is elected, that 1849 abortion ban is going to stand. I can tell you that. The Supreme Court's not going to take that case. There'll be a majority. You don't just get to take your case to the court, Right. And the same thing, you know, with the maps. The maps aren't going to go to the courts if Dan Kelly's elected. None of those will have a fresh look. But how does Dan Kelly control what comes to the court? Because the court will have a four to three majority. Okay. If Dan Kelly wins. And so what's so critical about this seat is, you know, and I'd like to give your you know, listeners just a little bit of a review. There are seven seats on our Wisconsin Supreme Court. Four seats are currently controlled by what I term right-wing extremists. Three by, you know, Ann Walsh-Bradley, um, Rebecca Dallet. So is everybody that's conservative a right-wing extremist? Or are some people just conservative? I would say I would say our Supreme Court has a lot of right-wing extremists on it. Now, if, in fact, I win this race, then we have a four to three majority of justices who are going to uphold the law and follow the Constitution. Then, when the case comes to the court about the 1849 ban, it is likely to be accepted and heard by the court. When a case comes asking to revisit the maps, it's more likely that that case is going to be accepted to be heard by the court. So that's why Dan Kelly is really the linchpin, because... That will make up who has the majority. All right. Well, thank you much. I appreciate it. And best wishes on Election Day. Hope you do well. Thank, thank you so very much. And it was nice talking with you. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. And have a nice evening. You thank too. you. And that was Judge Janet Potasiewicz.